Dealing Signs. We help you dominate any fantasy baseball league by giving you the information your opponents don't want you to have. So sharpen your pencils, get ready to take some notes, and let's get going. Good afternoon, Dustin, or good, I guess good early evening for you, right? What, yeah, it 530? is. 5.30? Yeah. 5.37 on uh, Mountain Standard over here. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Standard, that's right, that's right, way out there in Tucson, Arizona, Tucson. That's right, right. So, things on my mind is, uh, is Albert Pujols, does he have another eight home runs left in him? He better. He's got six weeks. Six weeks, six and a half weeks. Seven hundred. So, there is only... There is only one other human being to have 3,000 hits and 700 home runs. Who is it? Hammer and Hank? The Hammer. Yes. Yep. I actually got a, a trivia question right that you asked. This is, this is uh, wow, this is a big day for me. I'm writing this down. Sunday, the August hammer. 21st. It's going in my diary. The Hammer. He is in such exclusive company. He is in a class all of himself with that. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah, you- it's, uh, it's crazy. I remember, when, I remember when Pujols came up and nobody knew who this guy was. Nobody. Correct. Even in St. Louis. We did Even not know who St. he Louis. was. I, so, backstory with that. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, well, I was in college at that time, um, but... In St. Louis, I remember that spring training going into the 2001 season. We had this, uh, this rookie third baseman who was leading the team in batting. And uh, it was Albert Pujols. And uh, at that time, it was like, yeah, but we got Bobby Bonilla at third. And Larusa loves Bonilla. And so this kid, Pujols, he's just going to get sent back down to AAA in Memphis. And We'll never hear from him again. Well, at the very end of spring training, Bobby Bonilla has, it was, a, it was a pretty good injury. I forget what he ended up getting, but he was going to be out for some time. And so Larusa was kind of forced to play the uh, hot-hitting rookie that spring training, and uh, Pujols never stopped hitting. <laughs> <laughs> never stopped hitting. And um, that's... That's how Pujols came to be in St. Louis. That's wild. That's wild. Do you, you know, know what round he was selected in? The 13th. 13th round. Yeah, the 13th. 99 draft. And only played one season in the minors. One Jeez. season. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I remember at that time, all the talk was around Bud Smith being a big prospect for us. and. I mean, St. Louis knows their baseball. I mean, we had Rick Ankiel and J.D. Drew. I mean, those guys were monster prospects. You know, whether you think Drew or Ankiel panned out or not, or even Bud Smith for that matter, that's it's kind of relative. But, I mean, no one was talking about Pujols. Nobody. Even, even Yadier Molina. 
even before he made his debut, St. Louis was like, hey, look, the younger Molina kid, the younger Molina brother, he's going to be the, the real deal. I mean, St. Louis knows their shit. Pujols was not on the radar. That's crazy. That's crazy. Fun. Wow. Yeah. Yep. He's 42 years old, and uh, I think he's going to get it. I think he's going to get 700. I hope he does. I hope he does, too. Um, By I think all another accounts, thing, he seems like a great guy. Yeah. I think another thing that uh, St. Louis does know is that uh, there's no way that guy's 42. <laughs> he's more like 45. That w- that's the big, that, that's always been the knock on him, right? Is that he's yeah. older. He's older. Yeah. Yep. So, got to hand it to him. He's, uh, he's 45 and he's still hitting, uh, hitting bombs. <laughs> it's wonderful, right? So, you know, we, we, we're talking about Pujols. I mean, you were still in college. This was, you know, two decades ago that he debuted. Uh, and, and I actually was so excited. I was watching the Mets game the other night and I saw Brett Beatty hit his first major league home run, his first at bat, took a curveball over the right center field wall. And I was like, wow. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, the emotion, his emotion, his family's emotion, the scout that found him's emotion, the GM's emotion, the clubhouse's emotion. Like, I, I to me, it's almost like, I mean, how do you how do you top a rush like that when you finally make that happen? Yeah, that's got it. That's something that uh, <laughs> we can only observe and dream about. But uh, good for him. Good for the Mets. Um, yeah, that, that's a big deal. That, that's always fun to see. And I, I hope he pans out. He seems like a great kid. Um, he's always hit, you know, so Mets might end up having something really special with him. Yeah, they, uh, well, I, it, it, this is a game of adjustments, right? And what we see with the top prospects of the game is we have to see them struggle in the minor leagues. And the big knock on Beatty was he didn't lift the ball enough. He had tremendous power. Batting practice, people would come and see and watch. It was crazy. But he hit too many into the ground. I think he had like a 47% ground ball rate. Excuse me. Which, you know, that that, a power hitter is not made of ground balls. Uh, And he he made an adjustment. And then he just went off in double-A this year. And then he was in triple-A for, I want to say, six weeks. Uh, at most, yeah, it wasn't wasn't long, and he leapt uh, leapt ahead of uh, who's the other? Um, it's like Mark Vietos or Vietos, right? Right, he just played a little third, little outfield, jumped right over him. So they must have really liked what they saw. I mean, a left-handed bat, obviously power, uh, and you know the 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 players ahead of him really weren't doing much. But it was super excited, and it got me thinking. Justin, it got me thinking about some of the best rookie debuts ever. And I remember uh, Trevor's story uh, back in 2016 when he had a, he, yeah. he went two for six with two home runs, four ribbies. Yeah. And then, and then this is the crazy part, right? He homered twice on opening day in 2016, right? And then he, he, uh, he was only one of five players to homer twice. In his big league debut. Mm, nice. The heck right. of a stat to know about. Good one. JP Arancibia. Uh, Arancibia. Uh-huh. 
Arendt Subia, thank you, Mark Quinn, Mark Campanaris, and Bob Neiman back in 1951. Um, but he's the only one to do so while making his big league debut on opening day. So he went on. And then the other part, this is crazy. He went on to homer seven times in his first six games, and that remains a major league le- record. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. I, yeah. I just, I, I, you know, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to crap all over Brett Beatty's parade here, but <laughs> wow, wow, what a, what a debut, what a day, de- what a week, right? Yes, yeah. So, all right, Trevor Story, best debut you can think of. Um, uh, do you remember Steven Strasburg's uh, debut? It was against the Pirates, and I'm going to have to look the look up these numbers because, if I recall, it was like 12 or 14 strikeouts, and he was just electric. Steven Strasburg's debut, debut game. I know it was against the Pirates, and I mean he just looked he looked like a a Cy Young candidate immediately. Yeah, he and he, um, I mean just. Remember the just the um the talk about this kid and the hype that came along with him mm-hmm. and everything that uh that came along with Steven Strasburg and it, and he's had some great years. He's also had a lot of, you know, hard injuries to recover from. But um yeah, it was. It was uh the against the Pirates. How many strikeouts was that? So um, obviously he he was nasty. So he pitched for seven innings. He gave up two earned runs. He had four hits. He gave up no walks, and he had fourteen strikeouts. Think about that. Your debut as a pitcher, seven innings. That alone, I mean, that kind of a leash from the team. Seven innings, punched out fourteen. I mean, that's another one. I mean, top-of-the-rotation arms are hard to find as it is. I couldn't imagine how joyous the Nats were with, uh, with, with that line. But Yeah, I was in D.C. at the time. And, man, ooh, the, the city loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's wild. It's wild to think about those, you know, debuts and just... I mean, if you were like me, Justin, right? It was always bottom of the ninth, you know, full count. I'm at the mm-hmm. plate, right? I, but I, you know, to think about when you step onto the field for the very first time, the major league field for the very first time, it's, um, you know, it's a little it's, bit different uh, than those uh, beer league softball fields that uh, <laughs> that we played in in our 30s. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. I lost a few steps uh, when I was playing then, yeah. But I just it's just unbelievable. I mean, I one of my sons uh, played NCAA sports, and you know, I know the rush when I saw his first goal. Uh, it was actually in, his first goal was in his first uh, uh, his first NCAA game, and it was it was thrilling. Uh, it was thrilling. But it's I mean, it's tough for an athlete, right? How do you top that? How do you top that? And you I'm don't. sure why well, you remember it. That's right. That's why you remember. That's a good. Hey, man, Zen Master Pseudo. I love it. And it, it, it's um, 
yeah, I'm I'm happy for Brett. A great job. And I'm happy for the Mets, right? The Mets always used to be the lovable losers, but man, this year they're really they put a lot of money out there and they continue to have, you know, a strong farm system and being able to graduate into that. It kind of makes me think of a, a trivia question for you, Justin. But I know our fans like to hear us ask the the trivia question. We'll obviously give you the answer later in the evening. But this one's for you, buddy. Which player was the first ever MLB Rookie of the Year award winner? Jackie Robinson. Ah, that was too easy. Too easy. That's right. Jackie Robinson. Yep. First ever, name, 1947. The award is named after him. Jackie Robinson Award. Yep. I never knew that. Yeah, it's generally just called AL Rookie of the Year, NL Rookie of the Year, but yeah, it's the Jackie Robinson Award. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how about that? I will take your trivia, and I will one-up it. <laughs> You could have said to me after, Tim, who was the Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year award named after? Right? That'd have been a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh that was back when um you know, there was only one person that won the major awards for both leagues. You know, cuz they didn't they didn't always have two, one for each league. You know, which really puts um and gosh, I forget the year where they where they did one for each league, but it was after Sandy Koufax's peak, which puts what his was a three Cy Young awards and an MVP over like a four year span. I mean, it puts that kind of dominance into a different light. You know, when he was winning the Cy Young, the MVP in all of baseball. Yeah, it's it. Totally different thing. Sandy Koufax. I don't know if I would say he's the greatest pitcher of all time, but the greatest height, the greatest pinnacle of all time. I, I could probably go along with that. Yeah. 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 Um, Sandy Koufax, for sure. Just ahead of my time. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, right? We had talked uh, earlier in the season. I don't know if that's in, it's in the last episode or not, but we talked about it seems like some of these top-rated prospects are flaming out a lot more. And, you know, I think we, uh, you know, no, actually, it wasn't in the last episode because you gave, you gave a couple of players, Brandon Marsh and uh, some uh, young first baseman for the Detroit Tigers. You gave them a pep talk, remember? Oh, yeah, then, that is correct. And, Hopefully right? they heard that. Actually, right. I think Brandon Marsh went on the IL after I had that talk with him. That's probably, probably on. He, yeah, yeah. He was so excited he tried to run through a wall after he heard. I your was going to say on the IL with a broken heart or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Spencer Torkelson definitely picked up his game though. So you 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 clearly had some impact. You're welcome. And uh, for the listeners, I have Marsh on my team, and our. Uh, <laughs> Buddy hit Tim over here has has Torkelson. Right. So it, but, it, it hurts worse. It hurts worse. Yes. But it was interesting to me, right? And you know, we talk about it uh this game, this game of baseball being uh, a game of adjustments. That, you know, 
uh, we want to see players adjust, especially in the minors. We want to see them fail and then figure out how to how to work through it. And you know, also for teams, right? We we just saw a a trading season or a, a trade period this season where there were some uh, big trades and then there was an epic trade. And so there's there's value in prospects as well. But what about prospects, Justin, that have graduated? And then you start to say, okay, now we've projected them as top prospects coming into the season. They've come into the season. And they're in the, the uh, Jackie Robinson MLB Rookie of the Award for this year. Where would you project them out in five years? Where do you think they're going to be? Right, because even though a rookie comes in, and even though a rookie does well in their first season, doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna they're gonna match that or continue to grow. I mean, I think about Freddie Lynn, my favorite, Fred Lynn. Uh, his rookie season was was unbelievable. He couldn't he couldn't put it all together like he did his rookie year. Uh, it was amazing. First player ever to win rookie of the year and MVP in the same season. Right. So my guy Freddie. So think about think about these players, right? So we talk about J Rod, we talk about Bobby Witt, and we talk about Jeremy Pena, right? These are three players, uh, hitters that are in the MLB Jackie Robinson Rookie of the uh, Rookie of the Year award. How, how how do you see each of them projecting out over the next five years? And are they going to be top one, two, or three, or let's say top five in their position? So I think uh, I think Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez have the best chance of achieving it top five in their position from a fantasy perspective, um, more so than uh, Jeremy Pena. Um, I think. Uh, Look, Julio Rodriguez, we haven't, it, this guy's just something special. Everything, what you're seeing out of Julio Rodriguez, it, it's truly legit. Um, I can say the same thing about uh, Bobby Witt. Um, I do think Bobby Witt's batting average, the 250 that he has right now, I, I think he'll be a 250 to 260 kind of hitter. So I, I think that... I don't see that improving a whole lot, but the power and the speed, all of that is is very real. Julio Rodriguez again, like what you're seeing, it's it's real to a point where I, I don't even know how much more I I need to go on about that kid. Um, Jeremy Pena, um, I do see him being as more of a line drive guy than a home run hitter. Um, I think he'll be like a 260, 270 hitter. Um, you know, that's based on his contact rates. Um, as we touched on the low launch angle, um, he's another guy. I uh, I don't think his launch angle is conducive to 20-plus um, home runs. Um, I don't know what his splits are. I don't know how many home runs he's hit since the All-Star game. But uh, I don't think that he's... I just don't see him being... Uh, top five, maybe even top ten shortstop moving forward. Um, other guys that are going on right now, I think Adley Rushman. 
I think what you're seeing out of him is legit. I think that's a top five catcher. Um, some other guys kind of in the uh, Jeremy Pena mold. Uh, some people are really, really going to disagree with me here, but I think Michael Harris. I think Michael Harris is kind of a mirage. I don't see, I don't see this be, being sustainable. Wow. Um, look at that launch angle. He, hits, he strikes the ball pretty well, but uh, he's a worm killer. <laughs> the Braves just sent uh, sent some money his way, didn't they? Yeah, but uh, I think all of that is in line. I mean, what was it like? Was it? I think it was a was it ten years, seventy two million. I think it was eight years, eight years, seventy two million. So there you go. It's less than ten million a year. Um. I mean, Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt aren't going to accept a, an offer like that. Mm. You know, I mean, that, I, I think that uh, Harris is great. He's fun. The Braves know they're outfielders, but um, I don't like that ground ball rate. Um, you know, he's, he's got a little above average power, um, but uh, I don't know, maybe a Yelich type. Back wait, in wait, the, wait. Back hold on in one the, second. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let's just pretend that that you and I are world class baseball players. We're 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 the same people, but we're also just incredible studs on the field. Mm-hmm. If I am the age that Michael Harris is, and I'm offered eighty, seventy two, eighty million, I'm going to take that. I, I wouldn't you mm. let's see i mean the kid's only like what 21 22 tops he's 21 yeah um i i would take that i to me that's life-changing money right there it is and you're also guaranteed to be in the bigs for a while you know um yeah it, it's very very difficult you know i mean uh the white Sox did that same thing to eloy Eloy Jimenez, they did the same thing to uh, Luis Robert. You know, mm-hmm. you get a, you get some of those teams that'll seemingly lowball some of these really good young players, and uh, it actually works out well for both both sides. I guess to answer your question, would I accept that or would I turn it down? What, am I willing to bet on myself to that well, extent? That is the question, right? To me. I mean, just who I am as a person, that is a big enough number that I will absolutely take that deal. And actually, in this day and age, if I even, if I continue to progress and do even better, I could probably work out and get an, a, a new deal, right? Um, after that one, yeah. Or Well, you know. I mean, I, I think maybe if my negotiating power is strong enough, then I could do that, or I could ex- they could extend it, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. So, man. I love those deals. I know the union doesn't, yeah. but I love those deals. That's so difficult, especially as we're talking about this going on about, yeah, yeah, 21, I'm not going to turn down, you know, the 75 million, give or take. 
And then two years later, you know, just two years older, you look at Juan Soto and it's like 440 million or whatever. Nope, nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but there's you know, a base there already. There's already a base he's set, right? Yeah, yeah, it's what? just kind of comical, like how astronomically different, you know, these two perspectives are when it's only two years of age separating them, as well as a crap ton of home runs and uh, wins above replacement and everything else that Soto has on Harris. But I guess just to kind of add a uh, comical wrinkle in the perspective. Yeah. Either way. Well, I mean, Soto's also getting through arbitration more than double what Harris has agreed to on an AAV. Yeah. So average annual, but so I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Personally, I would I would have to take that. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I would have to. It, it just uh, say you blow out a knee. Yep. You know. Yes. And, and baseball, it's guaranteed money. But to your point, right? He could under he could get you know he could lose a lot of money potentially. Yep. Um. I think the uh, worst case scenario could be you look at uh, the Evan Longoria deal. Evan mm-hmm. Longoria signed one of those, and he lost an insane amount of money. Um, or you can look at the uh, Evan White contract with Seattle. I mean, he signed a very similar contract, and uh, I mean, they sent them down to AAA a couple times. You know, after after that deal. I don't even know where Evan White is right now. Sorry to the Mariners fans. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't either. It's, yeah, he, he, he signed something very similar, and so it's kind of the cautionary tale for both sides. So, uh, just uh, we, because obviously, you know, you, you talked about uh, Jeremy Pena, you talked mm-hmm. about um, J-Rod, and you talked about Bobby Witt. Rushman, uh, all good, and then, and then you expanded to Adley Rushman, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. totally, yes, totally get it. There's also uh, Brendan Donovan, right, in the running, yes, nationally. Uh, Christopher um, Morrell. those guys yeah. seem like high quality MLB players, but I don't know top five. Agreed. I like um, I like the uh, the Cubs guy, uh, Morrell. Yeah. Um, I tell you another one who I think could seriously be a top five first baseman is Vinny Pasquantino. <laughs> uh, Vinny. Yeah, yeah. Full That's disclosure. Italian. Full disclosure. I do have him on my team, but uh, this kid's a monster. He he is a monster. Very high contact rates um, in the zone and out of the zone. Strikeout to walk ratio is insane. Um, hits with authority, like serious hard hit, uh, serious hard hit rates. Launch angle is there. The barrel rate is there. I mean, there is everything that shows. The max exit velocity is there. There is everything that shows. This kid is a three hundred thirty type of guy. I, I think Vinny Pasquantino. If anyone is able. For all of you who are listening, <laughs> if that if that owner of uh, Italian Breakfast um, <laughs> is, uh, is is willing to let this guy go, I, I'm I'm serious. I I think Pasquantino is going to rake. 
I mean, I think he could be like a Jose Abreu type of numbers. Woo! Really? I'm like, I'm talking like that. I th- I think Vinny P is he's nasty. The numbers are finally coming along. Um, he has been showing these type of numbers, like advanced metrics, for a while. Um, and if you look at what he's done over the past two, three weeks, uh, you're looking at gosh, what is it like a 318 batting average and uh, very high slugging percentage. I mean, Pasquantino's triple slash um, over the past few weeks, um, it's finally catching up with his metrics. And uh, what you're seeing recently out of him, again, small sample size, but based on this sample size, what I'm seeing, it, it's very real. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... I, I think the these players' ability to make adjustments, and we've watched, we've watched, you know, Jeremy Pena started off hot, then you know hit some, you know, some slumping. The pitcher started to get a good book on him. He's recently adjusted again. I disagree with you. Um, it, it, what Pena's got is, I think he's got a real balanced swing and a big a balanced approach. And my guess is, is he'll and he's got speed. So I think that he could be the type of hitter that could hit more like 280, 290 with speed. He'll put 20 over the fence, but he also, I think he could, he could potentially have 20 stolen bases. I don't know how many stolen bases he's got right now. Well, shoot, but. if you're talking a 2020, if you're talking a 280 hitter with 2020, that's pretty damn good. Um, yeah, that's going to be. Uh, is that going to be top five? Is that going to be top ten for you? You know, I I don't. That's a good question. That's a really good question. So he's got seven seven stolen bases. So he may finish the year with ten, uh, and he's got sixteen home runs. So he could be a twenty ten player. Could be a twenty ten player. I would think his his OPS would need to be higher than seven hundred make that happen yeah yeah and i think those numbers are slightly higher than uh what i have forecasted but i would say we're in the ballpark but um i'll say the thing that we are in agreement on could be don't know if he's a uh, top 10 or i'm sorry top five of the position but maybe top maybe bottom of top 10 i don't know well, shortstop's generally pretty loaded so here's a here's an interesting thing. So uh uh and let me just see here. So uh Jeremy Pena, I'm gonna just just look at the numbers a little bit. So Jeremy Pena, three hundred seventy-five at bats, right? You got a two forty-eight batting average. You got fifteen doubles. 16 home runs, 93 hits, and he's got an OPS of 712. Okay. So now, okay. Let's take a look at Bobby Witt, right? Bobby Witt with 430 at bats, you got a 249 average, 20 doubles, 16 home runs. So they are almost identical. That's saying Bobby a lot. Witt Bobby Witt, 23 stolen bases. I didn't know they were that high. 23 stolen bases. He's legit. 
Bobby and Wood, he's he's pretty nasty. Bobby Speaking Wood, he's story, legit. <laughs> Sounds yeah, like a t-shirt. There you go. And then uh he's he's also got he's got a 720 OPS. Yeah. So Yeah. 107 think, hits. Uh, so those guys Bobby are, Witt, that's, that's crazy. The Bobby Witt and Trevor Story comps. I remember those as he was uh in the high minors. I think uh whoever put those comps together it's pretty intelligent. I I think those are pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. That's crazy. Guys, so um the other thing, but the other thing I like about both Wit and Pena is they're the, they're they're kids of major leaguers. Uh yes. And, and to me, yes. that that is uh that that's something I think um that's something I think is is saying something. Yeah, you look at the uh the Blue Jays, you look at um with all of their kind of juniors, if you will. With uh, Bichette, Guerrero, Biggio, um, I want to say yeah. that they have another one, another junior over there. Um, and then you'll look at uh, all of the uh, first-round draft picks from this past draft with uh, Crawford's kid, uh, Luke Collier's kid, um, Jackson Holiday, um, Andrew Jones's uh, son. I mean, they're you're right. All of these uh, second-generation kids, it's, uh, it's making me feel very, very old. <laughs> Where I'm like, wow, I remember when your dad was in the minor leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. making me feel old. You are old. That's, that's just what it is. It is. That is time telling you. You're getting old. Although you're not uh, nearly as old as I am, but still. So. Um, other guys that uh, kind of that I, I looked a little into, like MJ Melendez. You know, uh, what kind of is that guy a top five, top ten at, at his position? I think if he ends up moving the catcher, he, he could be a top five because that power is legit. Um, I think uh, that that swing it's definitely geared towards his power. He is going to have that low batting average. Um, you know, the, the contact rates just aren't there, but is that because he's selling out for power? I know the power is uh, it's definitely his calling card. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think if he moves behind the plate, that's some serious power that uh, will put him in, in, as a top five catcher. Um, if he remains as an outfielder, probably not. Um, Another guy, I think, uh, with as thin of a position as third base is, if Jose Miranda stays at third or maintains third base eligibility, um, I think he is a a legit 270-plus with 20-plus home runs guy. You know, I I think that uh, there isn't going to be anything super special about Jose Miranda's numbers, but um, from a fantasy perspective, um, you're looking at... uh, the present third base situation. Um, look at what's coming up and and what Miranda is doing. I I like the kid. I I think Miranda is really damn good. All right, last question before we close up about this. Do you think Stephen Kwan is a Rookie of the Year candidate? And not in that league. 
<laughs> that is on gushing about uh, <laughs> Julio Rodriguez um, and going on about how amazing uh, Rushman and Witt are and Pasquantino. Um, not in that league. Um, if he was in the National League, I don't know. I know we don't really focus a whole lot on uh, pitchers, but you know, I think maybe Strider might, might have mm-hmm. that. I don't know. I'd have to dig into the NL a little bit. Um, but oh yeah, do, He's got do I think two strikeouts in only sixty five point two innings? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty damn good. Talk <laughs> that's about pretty another damn guy. good. Talking about another uh, rookie um, dominating, and uh, no one really knew who he was coming in. You know. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, I I thought Stephen Kwan was going to be the poor man's Ichiro coming into it this year. <laughs> But uh, sadly, I'm I, I'm wrong. I'm sure you were he's hyping a great him up dude. in one of our leagues. Oh yeah, yeah. what were. when he was batting? I mean, I mean, it, what was that? He was batting like 350, or it was something absurd. Like he didn't strike out. What in like his first month in the majors? Something ridiculous like that. I'm thinking, holy, the this is a throwback. These guys don't exist anymore. So you know? he's got the highest on base percentage, 362, uh, on all AL uh, rookies. And his 274 batting average is second behind who? 274? Um, I'm going to say behind Julio Rodriguez. That's right. And you would be correct. Yep. You would be correct. I mean, yeah. that, that kid is special. Julio Rodriguez. Yes. Born and four at bats. Well, actually, now it's it's dropped since that arc, that, that arc it's at two seventy right now. So I wonder, I wonder where Quan would be. Uh, Julio's got nineteen home runs. He's got twenty two oh. stolen bases, and his OPS is eight hundred two. Yep. And uh, I will say, just as he is at nineteen and twenty three, or nineteen and twenty two, and what uh, wit. He's at 16 and 23 for home runs yep. and strikeouts. Right. Um, for the listeners, just as we we're going on about some trivia, I can uh, mention the one that I sent you earlier, uh, earlier this week, about there are, as these rookies are approaching, 20 doubles, 20 home runs, and 20 stolen bases this their rookie year for a 2020-20 rookie season. There are three players who were in 2020-20, their rookie years over the past yeah. 15 years. You, who are you those? messed me up with that one, right? Because I got Trout. Yeah. So I said Trout, and then I, I said Tatis, question mark, mm-hmm. and dot, dot, dot. So I was stumped after Trout. Yes, and um, Trout is one of them, and Andrew Benintendi, and Randy Rosarina. Trout, Benintendi, and Rosarina are the only rookies in the past 15 years to have 20 doubles, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases in the rookie year. Wrap your mind around that. So, with two-thirds of them, well... One third of them not really panning out. I'm going to say Benintendi didn't really pan out. 
Randy Rosarina, he, he's okay. I'll take him on my team. But that's that. Trout is legendary. Um, is this a uh, class you would want to be in if you were Witt or Rodriguez? <laughs> Given the history of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, man. Well, listen, um, great show. Uh, it's good to be back. We'll be off next week and then we'll be coming back uh, the week after that, which I think is the holiday weekend. So we'll figure that out. But for sure, man, it was good to see you again. Uh, actually, I can see you on video now. So uh, Steph must be off her FaceTime call. So maybe that correct is. correct about that. Yes. Yeah. So you, you may want to just, you know, lock your woman down and say, hey, from 5.30 to 6.15, you can just go take a walk. Just give me all the Wi-Fi, woman. I, you know, you I, uh, I have those conversations with her all the time, and I, I expand that time. Joking. Not at all. That's good. That's what good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right, brother. Well, listen, it was good seeing you, uh, and I hope you have a great week. Likewise. All right, buddy.